Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This week's episode is brought to you by SKP Creative. SKP wants to remind listeners that the November elections are coming up with important national, statewide, and regional races on the ballot. Early voting is underway. It began October 24th, and it continues through November 4th. Election day is November 8th. In this area, less than half of registered voters typically vote in midterm elections like this one. But that's the only way to make your voice heard. So go vote. Thanks again to SKP Creative, online at skpcreative.com. And as part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm Magazine, I want to give a podcast shout out to Amarillo Performing Arts Center, online at amarillopac.com. Read the free e-edition of Brick and Elm's latest issue at brickandelm.com and stay tuned because our November-December issue is coming very soon. Today's guest is Evan Guerrero. Evan is a senior at West Texas A&M University where he's studying astronomy and physics. And that's interesting enough. But even before he's finished his degree, before he's gotten his diploma, Evan has become a rising star in the astronomy world because of social media. Evan has more than 2 million followers on his TikTok account, Event Horizon. That's at Evan T. Horizon, where he educates people all over the world about physics, astronomy, space, and other topics. I'm pretty sure, I haven't done like all the research, but I'm pretty sure he's the most influential local resident on social media. And I bet that comes as a surprise to most listeners. Even if you follow Evan already, you may not know he lives here or that he's a college student. And all of this makes him, I think, a perfect guest for this show. And our conversation was a lot of fun. So here's Evan Guerrero. Evan Guerrero, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm honored to have you. I'm excited to talk to you. And I want to start with you the same way that I start with all of my guests. And that's just to ask you why you're here in this area. So how did you end up in Amarillo, Canyon, WT, all those things? Yeah, so uh, I was born and raised here, you know, okay. so I've been in Amarillo my whole life. And, you know, I'm a WT student now. And yeah, so I just I've been here my whole life, you know. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, so I actually went to Caprock for a year, but then I, I was actually homeschooled for the, the last three years of high school. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you graduated? So I actually graduated in uh, 16. Okay. Tell me why the homeschool approach. I know a lot of families have a lot of different reasons they might homeschool yeah. uh, or choose that. So what was the case with you? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I didn't do great in the public school setting. Um, you know, I, I did, I... I went to, you know, middle school and, you know, we even moved around schools a bit there too. I went to charter school for a bit. Just, you know, I just, I don't know, public school wasn't the easiest thing for me, just socially, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Okay. Um, I just, I don't know, I, I wasn't really into the whole, uh, I had trouble fitting in as a young kid, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I would express that to my parents a lot and mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have parents that were open to alternative options, you know, and so... Yeah, eventually we wound up there. Okay, apart from the social aspect, which I think everybody understands. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Were you good at school? I mean, was was school something that 
you you enjoyed apart yeah. from everything else? Yeah, I mean, yes, it definitely was. You know, um, it wasn't something uh, where I was like a great student all the time. And, you know, I never had bad grades, but just in terms of like uh, the enthusiasm for school, I always enjoyed learning. But it was that aspect of the dread of, you know, having to put up with all of the different, you know, aspects of trying to fit in as a, a teenager. You know, yeah. it, it was tough for me. So a lot of kids who are good at learning or mm -hmm. enjoy learning don't always learn in the same ways that it's typically taught in the structure of mm -hmm. an institution, you know, like yeah. a public school or a private school, whatever. And mm -hmm. I, I've found that a lot that you have people, I knew people who made B's and C's and just seemed like they didn't care at all. And then they got perfect scores on their SATs, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's probably kind of my case, to be honest with you. It was, I like, I was, I was a good student. I mean, A's and B's throughout my whole school career, you know? Yeah, it was more of so just the other aspects of the whole process, you know? Once you got to the end of, of high school, did mm -hmm. you know what you wanted to do? Well, uh, you know, at the end of high school, I had a few, pr like, uh, you know, prominent passions, you know? I wasn't totally set on one option, which is why I kind of took a little time before I actually went to college. You know, I took I took probably two years, okay. actually, yeah. So during that time, I was working, I traveled a lot, uh, just kind of did a lot of self-inquiry, I guess you could say. Was it an intentional sort of gap years? Um, yeah, I would say so. You know, yeah, for sure it was. Yeah, it was definitely intentional, you know, just because I didn't want to go down the pipeline without a sure reason for okay. why, you know, I've always kind of been that way. It's like, I really have to be intentional about what I'm doing. It's hard for me to just kind of go through the motions, you know? So you, so you thought that maybe college was in your future. You just didn't think it had to be immediately. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I had a few like you know, really prominent passions. You know, one was astronomy, one was fitness, actually. Okay. And so they're kind of, you know, don't always see those yeah. at the same time. Exactly. Nobody's you know? thinking of the really buff physics <laughs> professors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you know, that was my thing, you know. So I definitely just took my time to figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up getting certified as a personal trainer. I traveled around the country, went up to Canada, just solo traveling, went out to all these different national parks, just really trying to understand who I am, what I stand for, and before we actually take a direction in life. Okay. So. Do you feel like you accomplished that? I mean, did you lay, like, the, I, I guess, a good foundation for what was going to come next? Yeah, absolutely. I think I really did. I did accomplish that. Yeah. You know, um, during that time, that that gap year, you know, I did a lot of different jobs, too, you know, just to kind of figure out where my strengths lie. And uh, I definitely came to the conclusion of, all right, yeah, this is something that I'm enthusiastic about. This is something worth pursuing for me, you know. And so I've always been really passionate about nature in general, mm -hmm. you know, so doing all that traveling and really exposing myself to the world more uh just you know really had an influence on what direction i went so as a kid who was homeschooled especially during you know the later years of, of high school that's a time when if you are in science classes you get those opportunities to be in the lab to mm -hmm. do some of the more advanced things yeah. like were you still able to do those things you know it wasn't really hands-on okay. you know the way i did it yeah it was mostly online type of resources stuff like that you know so yeah i mean it was kind of a um you know when i did end up going to college i was I, you know it did feel like i was starting at a bit of a deficit you okay. know in terms of what everyone else has already experienced and whatnot but yeah you know it's just something that i had to deal with and you know we 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 recovered from the deficit. Okay, think, so. <laughs> and, and if you were interested in astronomy, yeah. like 
that's not a lab sort no. of thing. That's yeah, a go exactly. outside and look through your telescope sort <laughs> exactly, of thing. Exactly, yeah. Where did that interest come from? So, yeah, that is actually a, a result of one of my first jobs, actually, I would say. So I, I was a grocery sacker at Market Street for a bit. Okay. And uh, yeah. As were yeah, a lot of, of kids. <laughs> so um, anyways, yeah. So, uh, you know, that was the first time I actually had money coming in and, you know, I had some money to spend on whatever I wanted to, right? So, you know, one of my first purchases was an online, uh, just on eBay. I just decided to to buy this telescope that okay. was on sale, you know? And I was like, there was no particular reason for it. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, this seems like something that would be cool. I've never really looked through the, one of these. So I ordered it and, uh, you know, that first night, you know, I would look at the moon and I was, I was pretty blown away. And then there was a, a, you know, a subsequent night where I actually saw Jupiter through that telescope. Mm. It was like a, the planet Jupiter and, uh, that it just, it knocked my socks off, like blew me away. And so I would say that was probably the inception point of, all right, let's start exploring this path because I was just absolutely in awe of seeing another planet in real time you know it was just insane so yeah and that's i mean that's still a pretty unique teenage passion you know a lot of people they get you know work their first jobs they get some money they want to buy a car Mm -hmm. or you know they they buy clothes or, or or whatever and and for you to have gone in that direction uh, that seems unique. I mean, did yeah. did it feel unique to you? Did you think, okay, I'm, I'm this weirdo buying <laughs> telescopes off of eBay? Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think at the time of buying it, it felt unique. Definitely when I started to entertain the, that path, mm-hmm. it felt unique. You know, I'm like, I don't know anyone who's ever done like, this. Your or- friends didn't care no, that you'd seen Jupiter. No, no, no. <laughs> and actually, like, when I would show my family this stuff through my telescope, I'd bring them out. Um, they weren't nearly as enthusiastic as I was. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think it's definitely something that does have an innate, you know, sort of aspect to it. So it's like, all right, yeah. But you owned it. I mean, you yeah. you, you didn't stifle that impulse mm, or anything. No. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that's important. I, yeah. I, I love I love when, you know, when people find out what they love and they just like love it and, yeah. and don't worry about whether other people love it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you go through this this uh, gap period before enrolling in a uh, university setting. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you wanted to come back here and like go to WT or was that a given? Yeah, you know, I always kind of, I was open to the path, you know, like I thought I would start locally and maybe go wherever. And that's probably going to still be the path after mm-hmm. a bachelor's degree. But yeah, like I was open to where I'd go. And, you know, yeah, I ultimately kind of thought that I would probably wind up at WT for undergrad. So, yeah. Did you know anything about... um you know, the, the science department at WT. I mean, WT is known for agriculture, for business. Yeah. It's got a pretty good engineering program mm-hmm. now. But, like, not a lot of people think, all right, I'm I'm going to follow the tried and true WT astronomy path or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. So Yeah, you know, no, like, I didn't know a whole lot about it, you know. And uh, that is probably, uh, you know, one of the... One of the downfalls, right? Like, so my path in physics at WT has been one of, you know, you can take your your basic physics courses at WT, but mm-hmm. once you get to your upper level, actual specific major, you know, courses, you have to go through this online process now. So it's like you take your main courses online when you're at WT, which isn't optimal, I would say, but, you know, we're, you know. But again, it's still just your your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, yeah. and those who really want to drill down, yeah. there's a lot of other options once you get to that point. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's that's kind of been the the plan all along, you know, okay. let's get this undergrad done, let's let's assess our options, you know. 
How has that college experience been for you? Like, has it has it met your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. It You know, it hasn't like it's not been something where it's like, you know, been wowing me or anything. Mm-hmm. Since I am passionate about the topic itself, you know, I think that helps. I'm just passionate about learning. Right. So but in terms of like the actual whole experience, it, you know, it, it could be better, you know, okay. at WT just. And, and that may be, be uh, it's not one of the most prominent things that, yeah. that the university is known for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's a direction that uh, that is maybe less funded or, mm-hmm. or less highlighted than some others. Yeah. Tell me, you know, the, the, the reason you ended up on my radar is because of social media, um, your presence on TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that maybe first began to happen. Uh, I, because I, I know it it doesn't happen all at once. Yeah. It happens in a, a, a lot of weird ways. But <laughs> tell me tell me how you initially got started doing what you do. Yeah, well, um, you know, I have always wanted to be a public educator in some capacity. You know, like if there's anything that I feel like I do have some sort of natural inclination toward, it is through uh, teaching and sort of like uh, exciting people with things like this, you know, Um, or personal training. I mean, it's the same concept. Yeah, Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I've always wanted to do this, you know, and, uh, some of my heroes were actually guys like, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Carl Sagan, guys who hosted, you know, these popular science TV shows and, and programs. And so, um, you know, it's always something I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I didn't think I'd be doing it this soon, actually, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, oh, you're supposed to graduate. First, yeah, exactly. Right? You know, that was kind of the the plan. But, um, you know, as it actually happened, I, uh, I had a semester, I actually had to take off just due to some like health reasons, I was okay. having this chronic pain. And um, so I had to take off a semester. And it kind of, you know, it was, it was tough on me, you know, like, I didn't want to do that. But it was kind of something that was necessary. Where did this fall within like the the COVID timelines? And well, it wasn't online school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it was actually during Yeah, but okay. it wasn't due to COVID right, or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, it was Yeah. So it was just this thing I was dealing with. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I decided to kind of make the most of that time, you know, and I was like, well, TikTok's all the rage right now. Let's see what the deal is here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's give a shot at this. And um, and so that's when I started, you know, just during this downtime period. And uh, I just decided, hey, let's try to make like a video a week, maybe. And the rest is kind of history. You know, it's like, were yeah. you on TikTok already? Like, no, I, I know a lot of kids, they get on it because their friends are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, college students, high school students. And it's, you know, it's, it's goofy stuff until mm-hmm. they kind of figure out what's my thing. And then they get rid of all that goofy stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, but like, did, did you start with, I'm going to do some, some science educating. Mm-hmm. And is that like the first videos you started to create? Yeah, those are my first videos. Okay. So that was always my intention. Yeah. So I always wanted to just educate people, you know, through the platform. Um, but no, I didn't have it right away. I actually didn't know what a whole lot about TikTok. It was actually my sister who told me, hey, you should try this out. And so I downloaded it, started making videos on it, you know, and those old, old videos were pretty rough just because mm-hmm. I had no idea what the platform was all about. And so, yeah, it was just, you know, let's try to make a weekly video and let's try to get better with every video in terms of, you know, what's going to get people engaged, mm-hmm. what's going to, you know, result in the best results in terms of the platform itself, you know, so. But the education 
was there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like you wanted it to be not just a silly dancing sort of TikTok no. thing. Yeah. You wanted it to be educating people about Absolutely. the topic that you were interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I, I find meaningful. You okay. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, I wouldn't have done well just not doing anything in particular. You know what I mean? It definitely had a, a purpose from the start. So I'm always interested in when people have social media accounts, um, there's there's often sort of a, a steady growth period. And then there's a moment where something viral happens mm -hmm. that you can't anticipate, you can't plan for. You just have to like grab that whirlwind and ride it. I mean, yeah. was, was there a moment like that for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, what was it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was making these daily videos, sometimes multiple videos a day, just really trying to find what's going to work here. You know, was, when did you switch from weekly to daily? Um, How far into it? Well, no, I would say at the very start, it was all about quantity for okay. me. So okay. it's just, let's just experiment with tons of different ideas right now, you know? And so I would just, yeah, two to three videos a day. And then, yeah, once I started to kind of pick up a little bit of traction, I was like, okay, so maybe that's worth putting a little more effort into. So I would say, let's try to do at least maybe two videos a week of just that, you know? So maybe two videos a week. And then, you know, once I had that first viral video, which was probably let me think probably three four months into tiktok yeah okay. four months into making content i what year would that have been uh it was 21 21 mm -hmm. yeah so about three to four months in i uh i made this one video just about you know the speed of light and uh, it was the format where i was like kind of talking to myself yeah like, like a self-interview yeah exactly <laughs> so one person was the guy who didn't know anything and one person was the genius you know and so that just resonated with people. That video took off right away. And so I think now it's almost at 20 million views, something okay. crazy. So, but no, like overnight, like literally I, I remember posting that video, didn't do well during the day. And I just, you know, went to bed, woke up and my notifications were insane. It hmm. was like literally 5 million views overnight. It was insane. Do you know why? I mean, there are elements to the algorithm mm -hmm. that are mysteries. And yeah. then there are some things where you know, okay, these are the kinds of things that might start the ball rolling. Did mm -hmm. you have a sense of what it was with that specific video? Looking back now, yes, I do. Yeah. So or is that, that a secret you don't want to share? No, I totally, I'm, I'm totally open. Yeah, no, no. So um, at the time, you know, I didn't really know a whole lot about why it did so well, you know, but looking back now, I definitely understand why. And, uh, you know, basically what I found is that the videos that do well are the ones that can, uh, and you know, this is no secret, right? But it's just the videos that can captivate people immediately, I would say within the first two to three seconds, and then can hold their attention as long as the video uh, you know, progresses. Okay. Right. So it's all about let's capture you with an initial, they call it hook statement. And then, you know, don't let two seconds go by without another thing happening. That's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? So it's either the video editing is, is very engaging. Things are coming in and out, or maybe you're saying something that's really enticing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just about capturing the attention and then keeping the attention throughout the duration of the video. Yeah. And then once that one happened, did you say, okay, this is the formula. I've got to keep doing this thing and mm -hmm. maybe change the topic, but do this same sort of format. For sure. Because it worked. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw that and yeah, I, I totally just analyzed, you know, what is it about this particular video that did so well? And so, yeah, like I would just do the same format of the whole self-interviewing thing. And, uh, and then I would also branch out with other styles of content, but keep those same principles in mind, you know? So it's just about, yeah, let's, let's make sure people are engaged throughout the whole video. That's really the biggest thing. So 
I know that there is an element of going viral. You know, you said you woke up that morning and your your mentions and notifications were crazy. Mm-hmm. That's really, really exciting. And there's another part of that that like is almost terrifying. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you've got these millions of people who know you or mm-hmm. know your account or have opinions about you. Um, and you can't control that. Yeah. And that can be, that can cause a lot of anxiety. I wonder for if that sure. was the case for you. Yeah. I mean, in some regard, it was for sure. I don't think it was as bad as I've heard a lot of people kind of get that right because I've kind of like been prepared for it in a way, you know, because I've actually tried doing this in the mm-hmm. past through different platforms. Um, and, you know, it, it took me a long time to build any sort of traction. TikTok was the first platform where it really blew up. Um, and so <laughs> to be honest, what it felt like for me was, all right, finally, okay, right, here we go. What finally. you've been trying to get yeah. to, you finally got there. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Other than sort of figuring out this is the kind of content that works, or these are the types of videos that, that will gain an audience. Mm-hmm. Did anything else change about how you looked at that? Like, did it change your focus? Did it change? I mean, did you start thinking, okay, this this might be a, a serious thing. I need to uh, maybe shift to another level in how I think about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's always kind of in the back of your mind. It's like, well, you know, maybe this could actually turn into something someday, you know, something that I could actually, who knows, like make a living off mm-hmm. of, you know, that wasn't like the first goal, you know, it, the first goal was just to, all right, let's, let's, have this mission statement of inspiring people through the wonders of the universe. You know, that's, that's my main goal. And, uh, you know, eventually if that rubs off on enough people, maybe I can start to pull a little bit of something out of this, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, like definitely the progression nowadays is all right, how do I improve each video? How do I begin to expand on this Mm -hmm. and, uh, look at my different options in terms of, you know, what are the, what are the things I'm leaving on the table right now? You know? So, yeah. Was, was there a point where you started to think, okay, you know, if, if I'm looking at this as a way to, uh, to build a platform, to establish a career, to make some income, like where, where do you start to introduce that? Because mm-hmm. that's a hard decision for a lot of influencers. Yeah. Um, you want to monetize your audience, but mm-hmm. then also monetizing your audience is saying, all you people who come to follow me, I'm now going to take advantage of you, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's tricky. For and sure. How did you like wade through that as you decided, okay, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Well, you know, that's something I've kind of struggled with, honestly. I'm not the greatest salesman, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I think, I mean, I think everybody does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, cause you don't want to, you don't want to come off that way, you know, because it's a lot of the times it's genuinely not your intention to mm-hmm. be, you know, this person who's just trying to take advantage of people, right? Or leech off of them in right, some way. But then you also have this this deep resource and mm-hmm. you don't want to ignore that either. Yeah. Like people work hard to get that. Mm-hmm. And when it happens sort of accidentally or uh, faster than you imagine, mm-hmm. then you don't want to take it for granted either. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of the times people are happy to support the the creators they really enjoy, you know? And so that's something we have to realize too. But yeah, you know, like um, I've started to, to look at the d- different options and, you know, luckily for me, I've started to have just companies reach out to me about, hey, can you just promote this thing that we have and we'll pay you for that. And, you know, so that's an income stream there, just, you know, advertisements and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've been able to to format those in a way where they're they're not necessarily hidden within the videos, but the videos themselves are valuable in that I'm teaching a lot. And then maybe at the very end, you know, 
I'll relate this product right. to what I've been talking about. But you it know? feels organic. Absolutely. To your followers, to your audience. Yeah. And that's important to me. You know, I wouldn't want to just hop on and say, hey, guys, here's this. Yeah, you're not selling Bye. orange juice or yeah, something, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, so. what are some of those companies? I mean, can you talk about any of those? Absolutely, yeah. So I would say the biggest one uh, that I was really thrilled to be working with was uh, Northrop Grumman, actually. So they are a... Um, aerospace engineering company that helped develop the uh, new telescope that just went up into space, mm-hmm. the James Webb Space Telescope. It's already producing yeah. amazing images. Crazy so. images, right? So yeah, so um, they helped develop the sun shield on that telescope. So it's this huge tennis court sized um, unraveling shield uh, that just basically shields it from the the rays of the sun for both heat purposes and to not you know um, mess up their images yeah. in any way, right? So um, that's a pretty significant solar flare, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, no, that was amazing. So I got to work with Northrop Grumman on on that stuff, and uh, so they just basically you know had me promote the telescope a little bit. You know, um, I think the word was that you know. We just need a bit more awareness Mm -hmm. of the fact that Northrop had a hand in this. And so I was happy to do that. And yeah, I mean, talk about an advertisement that just falls right in line with my original content anyways, you know? So I was like, absolutely. Did they come to you or... Are you at a point where you've like got an agent for some of those kinds of things? No, yeah. So I don't have an agent quite yet. I mean, I've looked into that, but no, they actually they came to me. You know, and typically how it goes is that you're approached by like a marketing agency that has the the company as their mm-hmm. client, and so they'll reach out to you and be like, "Hey, we'd like to connect you with this company, and here's the details. If you'd like to do this, then reach out." And you know, so does that happen like all the time for you at this point? At like, this, are, are you saying no to a lot of things? Yeah. I mean, here and there, you know, just things that, yeah, one, just don't fall in line with what I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and two, you know, I do try to be careful about not becoming this creator that's just constantly advertising, you know, so right. I'll do maybe one a month, you know? And so, yeah, I've turned down a few at this point. I would say that I get offers maybe like once or twice a month okay. at this point. Yeah. So, and then I know you've also created, you know, some merchandise for your followers. You've yeah. got T-shirts and stuff like that. Is, mm-hmm. is, is that a, a pretty common way for creators to start to to draw some income, I guess, from their audience? Yeah, I would say so. You know, I think it's a one of the first steps is just, hey, maybe I can make a little merch that mm-hmm. people would enjoy. I mean, you know? T-shirt's pretty easy. Yeah, and exactly. Everybody wears them. So. <laughs> exactly, right? So, uh, so, yeah, that's something I decided to do as well. People seem to really enjoy them. Yeah, because, you know, if they're really liking a creator and what they stand for, it's like, yeah, they want to, to rep this stuff. So, yeah, I think it's a first kind of logical step as to, all right, how can I sort of make some products with mm-hmm. this, you know? So I wonder if given the number one, given the popularity of um, your TikTok channel and, and also you've expanded you know, into Instagram and mm. you've got an audience, you're teaching, you know, these concepts of physics and astronomy and all those things mm-hmm. um and you're still in college yeah. which i think is is super <laughs> cool i yeah. wonder if anybody's like who's this guy to teach this stuff when he hasn't yeah. even gotten his degree yet i mean does that ever like feel like it holds you back or does anybody care about that or well totally you know this is something i think about a lot you know because it is one of these things it's you know you you face them yourself you know or i do right so it's just about like you know am i even worthy of giving this information out i haven't even got a degree yet sure. you know so I, I i think about that a lot um i mean i say that as somebody who's written a lot of books about subjects that i don't have an education okay. in. you know <laughs> okay. i'm a good researcher i'm yeah. a good learner but like mm-hmm. i don't have the paper to back it up sometimes gotcha. and i i think I think that's the case for a lot of people who are mm-hmm. good at teaching, yeah, 
who have a mastery of a subject, Mm -hmm. but maybe don't yet have the official stamp of approval. For sure. Yeah. And you know, actually, so a great insight on this that I really live by right now. There's actually a book, and I, I guess I could just say it. So there's a guy. Have you ever heard of Austin Kleon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's wrote a, a few books. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Artist uh, and show a your writer. work and yeah. stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. So he had one piece of uh, advice that really hit home for me on this, and it's really silenced that critic in my head that says that I'm not worthy of doing this yet. And it's really just you know, the student actually has an advantage uh, when it comes to teaching things in that they are pretty fresh in understanding the material that they've learned, right? Mm-hmm. And so they they understand what it's like not to know, you know? Okay. And in, in conveying this information to other people, you know, they can come from this place of understanding, of, you know, of empathy, of uh, here's the ways that helped me understand this. Whereas I think an, a deep expert in the field can kind of forget what it's like not to know. Right. You know, and so that's really, I think there's an advantage to being um, still fresh in the process yourself. Um, Obviously, it's important that you understand what you're talking about, right? Like that you gain some sort of awareness and mastery of the things you're going to be teaching. But I don't think it's any reason not to to teach. I think everybody's had those teachers who are so smart in terms of the subject matter that they can't really communicate it very Mm -hmm. well. Because yeah. they can't put themselves into the minds of those people who don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah. As you look at not just your online work, but also your you know, your education, you're a mm-hmm. senior now. Mm-hmm. What's the future look like for you? I'm open to the journey right now. You know, the goal has always been to go to grad school, eventually get like a PhD, right? But, you know, in terms of where the path may lead, you know what I mean? In terms of... Maybe it's not a straight shot, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe there's another a, gap year. Yeah, exactly. Right. So maybe it's a bit of a winding road. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of do some more exploration because, yeah, like now that I have this audience and I'm starting to gain a little traction on social platforms and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's something worth exploring in terms of what could I do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, what where could I go here? Because it's always been my ultimate goal, you know, to be some sort of public educator, you know. So, yeah, like. I would say that I'm I'm not really married to a particular path, you know. Okay. Let's, so you you haven't uh, you haven't enrolled in any grad no, schools or no, not yet. Done that yet? Mm. There's there's always a sense, and, I, and I've had conversations with uh, with some influencers about you know social media because it does go in these cycles, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden TikTok is everywhere. Everybody's on TikTok, and then like next year people could hate TikTok. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you feel about having established a platform? And then knowing that society changes so quickly. Yeah. So how do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I think it's important to uh, diversify for sure online, right? Because you can't really be one-stop shop on social media because you're right. Like these things do fluctuate. They come in and out. You know, who knows where TikTok's going to be in a year or two. That's also the reason why you're not just gung-ho reckless about throwing everything out the window and then focusing on this. Yeah, like I I do think about that a lot. And I think in terms of your online presence itself, it's important to diversify across platforms. So it's like, hey guys, go over here too. Go over there. You know what I mean? Just make sure you're well-established everywhere. And so that's something I'll, I'm looking to work on. Yeah. There's, there's also a lot of conversation about creators 
and the the need to constantly be online, to mm-hmm. constantly be producing. Yeah. Um, that there's a real danger of burnout, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's psychological burnout, just running out of time, your, your content starts to fade because, you know, you're trying to finish school. You're also mm-hmm. trying to do this. Like, is, is that something that, that maybe you're intentional about that, that you try to create some limits or set some boundaries or. Absolutely. This is actually pretty, like, this is a big thing in my life right now is, uh, I think this last year has been pretty transitionary and uh, I think, you know, honestly, it's been kind of a maturation process for me mm-hmm. because, yeah, like I've always been this personality gung ho. Let's let's load the world on my shoulders and pick it up. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm young. I've got energy. <laughs> I can handle it. Exactly. And I actually did face a lot of burnout, you know, not not through social media, but actually through school. You know, that was part of the reason why I had to take that little bit of time off was I was doing so much at once, just all at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it got to this point where that was the first time I experienced burnout in actuality. You okay. know, we think we've experienced burnout before, but that was the first time where it's like, whoa, this is crazy. It's affecting my physicality. It's affecting my, you know, mental health. So yeah, like definitely it's come to this point where it's like, all right, we don't have to churn out so much. Let's be, let's take a measured approach to life, you know? in terms of school, work, social media, mm-hmm. you know, your creative life. So, yeah, definitely taking just a, a moderate approach to everything. So, How does the faculty uh, at WT feel about, you know, your, your science channels online? Is, are, are they aware of everything that you're doing? Like, does that come into conversation? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, I've, I've talked to some of my physics professors about it, and they think it's pretty amazing. <laughs> they think it's cool. They're probably jealous. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I mean, I, I encourage everyone to, you know, do some sort of platform, you know, and make some content, but not everyone's into that type of stuff. But um, no, they, they think it's really cool. You know, um, I don't know if they understand it too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's just. Yeah, like I didn't understand TikTok at first. I mean, so. I barely do. I've yeah. got kids who yeah. know it better than I do. But okay, I the, the last thing I wanted to hear from you is mm. you know you, you talked about going to WT, which isn't known as a school for aspiring physics professors mm-hmm. or PhDs in astronomy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not a specialty. Um, Amarillo, Texas is probably not known as a hotbed of, you know, the, the space engineering world. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But sure. you have been able to grow up here to go to WT on purpose. You're, you're still pursuing that degree and you've got this outside influence in that world right now. And I mm-hmm. wonder if that tells you anything about like where we live, you mm-hmm. know, about how the culture has changed that, uh, a kid from Amarillo, mm-hmm. um, you know, who just on a whim bought a telescope, you know, can become the science educator with mm-hmm. this online following. Is Does that say something about where we live, maybe? I don't know. You know, what's cool is that I think my generation is one of the first in that online uh, resources have really played a role in maybe what direction we take, right? So it's not necessarily just about your geography, mm-hmm. where you live, right? You've you grown can- up. Mm-hmm. in that world yeah for sure right so even though i've been here where it's not necessarily something where anyone's doing or is enthusiastic about i was heavily influenced by some online creators that i enjoyed you know and so yeah like maybe it's it's a bit of doing this stuff uh in spite of where i am you know um but i think that the web has made it so that you know that's possible for a lot of different kids who don't necessarily fit in with where they are. 
This episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by Texas Tech Physicians Obstetrics and Gynecology, which has just brought its expert-driven care to Canyon. This brand new clinic, right across 4th from the First United Bank Center at WT, includes six comfortable patient rooms and provides care for patients in all stages of life. Services include annual checkups, menopause management, contraceptive counseling, prenatal care, and a lot more, all from the most experienced obstetric and gynecologic specialists in the region. Call 806-414-9944 to schedule your appointment today. That's 806-414-9944. Hey Amarillo is also supported this week by Lazy Boy Home Furnishings here in Amarillo. Now you probably know Lazy Boy is a national brand, but its Amarillo store is independently owned and operated by the Hawkins family and they live here in town. Almost everything they sell is American-made, and they offer a lot more than just recliners. Amarillo's locally-owned Lazy Boy Home Furnishings has a ton of products in stock right now, and they're ready to take home or deliver today. Go visit the showroom at 3636 Sansi. Okay, I'm back with Evan Guerrero. Evan, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and Canyon on the WT campus. I presume you know about it and have mm. seen it. <laughs> it's the uh, largest history museum in Texas, and its fossil collection includes the skulls of giant dogs known as bone-crushing dogs uh, because they had blade-like teeth for cutting flesh, which is fairly terrifying. Wow. Okay. Uh, the first North American fossil of these ancient apex predators was found actually here in Randall County. You can see those skulls. You can learn more at panhandleplains.org. Okay, so you've grown up here. Uh, you attend school here. When you think of the Amarillo Canyon area 10 years from now, what do you hope for? I think I just hope for continued improvement on the area. You know, like I think that Amarillo uh, and Canyon has, have been, you know, continuing to grow in the, you know, the businesses that are popping up, the entertainment uh, resources that we're, we're getting now in terms of places like Synergy and all this mm-hmm. different stuff, right? Um, so that's what I would say. I just hope for continued improvement. You know, like I think we're headed in the right direction. I think Amarillo is, uh, is growing. That's what I hope for. Okay. Other than wind, what does this area have too much of? (laughs) Yeah. So I would say maybe just, yeah, like things like the weather, right? Like, uh, as a personal trainer, I hear it a lot from my clients is just, uh, you know, the weather's changing all the time. My allergies are acting up this Mm -hmm. and that, you know, due to just, environmental factors so i would say that you know just probably the the sudden change in weather the really hot the really cold stuff like that so and that's also something that draws people to this area yeah that yeah it's it is unpredictable mm-hmm. you know it's not 70 degrees and sunny every day yeah. which feels great but can get boring I guess. yeah for sure what does this area not have enough of going back to the previous example um you know we're growing right now right but i would say yes stuff like different different outlets of entertainment things to do stuff like that right mm-hmm. so I would even say selfishly, like even more like cafes or like coffee shops or stuff like that, you know, things to, to places to study at, to, you know, hang out at. Stuff and like we've that. had like more of those in the past few years than mm-hmm. ever before. Yeah. And it's, it still feels like it's, it's not always enough. They're, yeah. They're, they're always <laughs> yeah. full, right? Yeah, for sure. How do you describe Amarillo or Canyon to people outside this area? Um, I just say that it's a it's a great town, you know, it's just a it's a manageable place, you know, the roads aren't too crazy a lot of the time, you know, I think people are starting to complain maybe nowadays about the traffic sometimes. Uh, but, you know, I think it's good, you know, um, I was very grateful to grow up here too, you know, I think it's a great place for a family, raising a family and all that stuff. So it's a great town, you know. What's your favorite local neighborhood? 
probably just the one I grew up on. Okay. You know, Klein um, by uh, uh, Lamar Elementary School. Okay. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's what I would say. It's a quiet, you know, mm-hmm. fairly older neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a working class area. Yeah. Smaller homes. And yeah, I, I grew up with friends around there. And oh, okay. Uh, my mom taught at that school for a long time. So oh, I know that's that cool. area well. Awesome. What's your favorite local restaurant? Well, uh, I don't know if it's totally local to Amarillo. I think it might have popped up here, but I'm a pretty simple guy in terms of like restaurants that I like. So it's all about just like a good steak for me. Okay. You know, so I would probably say like Hofbrau would right. be my favorite place, you know, just Hofbrau is locally owned. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. There yeah. are Hofbrau restaurants elsewhere in the state, but I think it all started from here. here yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. It's a great option. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite local coffee shop? Definitely Palace Coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Palace Coffee. And my favorite one is uh, the one on Georgia. I think the newer one. Okay. Yeah, it's a great spot. Just amazing. It's great for, you know, parking. It's nice and spacey. You can always find a good spot to sit down, study, chill. It's great. I love it. You said that, that most of your classes are online now. Are you mm-hmm. actually on campus very often? Um, I go up there uh, here and there. Yeah, just to kind of talk to some professors okay. or whatnot. But yeah, like mostly I can just go wherever yeah, I want. You're, so you're going to college from Palace. Yeah, then. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And when was the last time you visited Paladero Canyon? Uh, probably about like four months ago. I go to Paladero a lot. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned previously, I'm a big national park guy. So I've been, I, you know, it's the closest one here, you know, mm-hmm. in state park. So yeah, I've been to Paladero many, many times. So that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to close by asking my guest to endorse something. So what's one thing that you would like listeners to know about or to experience? Well, um, what I would say is as a, as a personal trainer, right. Um, I, I see great improvements in people's state of mind when they're moving around exercising. And I think there's a lot of great local gyms here in Amarillo, mm-hmm. such as the one I work at, which is Verger fitness. Um, it's a beautiful gym. Um, there's contagion athletics that just popped up, stuff like that. So I would just say, you know, visit uh visit a gym here if you're not already moving around and being active i think these last few years have been pretty hard on people's psyches for different reasons mm-hmm. right so um that's what i would endorse you know try to pick up a, a, an exercise routine and maybe do it at a local place here so. tell me about the value of using a personal trainer there's an intimidation factor for a mm-hmm. lot of people you go into a gym there's all this gleaming equipment and yeah people with all these muscles and it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to know where to start is that is that where sometimes you come in for clients for sure. You know, I think it, it starts out maybe as this idea of, I don't know enough. Can you teach me how to work out and do these things properly? But I think the ultimate value of training for most people is, yeah, it's just about the relationship built with the trainer because a lot of people are intimidated by the gym environment. You know, they, they're not comfortable being there. They don't feel like they're maybe you know, fit in or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so what a trainer can really do for people, and I would say the vast majority of my clients have stuck with me for so long just because, yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, let me guide you through here so it takes that weight off your shoulders, you know, like you don't have to worry about not knowing what you're doing, feeling, you know, a certain way, you know, just let me, let me take care of this for you and guide you through the process. So. Okay. Evan Guerrero, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you for having me. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Evan for the interview. You can learn more about him at eventhorizon.com. That's Evan T. Horizon. And be sure to follow him on TikTok and Instagram at eventhorizon. Thanks to sponsors, the Texas Tech Physicians Obstetrics and Gynecology, 
SKP Creative, who reminds you to vote, Lazy Boy Home Furnishings, and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for sponsoring the show. Thanks also to Angelina Marie for editing this episode. This podcast exists on a weekly basis because people listen to it. And if you're one of those people who listens to it, I appreciate it. I'd also appreciate it if you want to go rate it and review it on the podcast listening app of your choice. That helps people find the show. also want to say thanks to the local people who support the show financially through patreon.com slash Hamarello. Hamarello's executive producers include Jess Heredia, Corey Burns, Katie Linger, Jason Burr, Josh Wood, Wilson Lemieux, Patrick Burns, Wes Reeves, and Barbara and Jim Witten. This has been episode 271. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>